I'm good. I'm good. Hi. So even at home, you wear party color? Um, just for this. <laughs> I have a lot. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, first of all, congratulations on your book. And thank you. Congratulations on being a bestseller. It's quite extraordinary. How do you feel about that? Um, very humbled by all the support from everybody. Thank you. Right, I've actually so, received four messages already from by like, email or WhatsApp. Yeah, so thank you all for the messages. All right. So uh, I I've been told by the publishers that uh, the book is selling really well. So congrats on that and. And kudos to World Scientific as well for publishing a book uh, by uh, an opposition member. Not that I have any vested interest in World Scientific to talk positively about them, but uh, very. I think it's uh, it's really a, a positive step uh, in the right direction. I think uh, a positive step uh, for uh, for Singapore politics. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, let's get to it. Uh, Uh, one of the things that struck me when I was reading your book is your origin story, right? You know, every superhero has a has an origin story, right? And the the conversations I've had with uh, politicians, right, whether it's from the government or from the opposition, invariably, right, they will tell me, or even in public, they will say that, "Oh, I'm a reluctant politician. I didn't want to do this. I was I was persuaded." Against my wishes, or something to that effect. When it's quite a strange uh, explanation, because nobody politics is not something you accidentally join. <laughs> you don't accidentally run for elections, right? But politicians are so fond of saying that. So one of the things that struck me was your honesty when you said you were the one that approached uh, WP. You were the one uh, who approached Mr. Lau and said that you want to contest under the WP ticket. So my first question is, uh, and it's an hopefully it's an easy one to start the night. Uh, what is it about politics that makes makes it re, uh, make people reluctant uh, to actually say that I want to join this willingly? Is there something toxic about the notion of politics? And why were you willing to say and admit that you really wanted to join politics on your own account? Well, thank you. Yeah, I I, I can't speak for other people. You know, I can only speak for myself. So for me, um, I describe in the book um, the path that I go, I went through. From, um, I mean, I'm just a passionate guy, and I believe in trying to effect some change for a better Singapore, a better world. So I started by writing letters to the forum. I got invited to join a few government committees to talk about policy things, give feedback, and so on. But I really felt that um, it's probably you know. Uh, largely be ignored uh, unless you are really, uh, if you really want to make some difference, um, you step into it. So, and um, when I was um, able to sell away my my major business, and then uh, I didn't have so much to worry about, then I started thinking a little more seriously, and I told myself, well, if not now, uh, then when? Because uh, I was that time already approaching forty five. So if I still don't start, you know, I'll never ever start. So I guess for me, you know, it's just something that I want to do, and um, I guess for many of those um, um, that I know in the Workers Party, uh, many of them start with a passion to want to make change in one way or another. Just like myself, wanting to make change, yeah, maybe my style was more about writing things or, or in policy groups. 
Um, but many of them just want to come here to see a better Singapore. And of course, um, the party do need people eventually in elections. And then the, the people that are willing will get selected. Um, some may want it, uh, like myself, uh, wanting to um, be part of it. Some may be caught because uh, the party needs them. I guess maybe it happens on the other side too. Right. So uh, you said uh, you genuinely want to help uh, Singaporeans and you want to com- contribute positively to Singapore. Right? But there are many ways to do that. Right? You can be a teacher, you can continue writing as you do and you write very well. Uh, you, can, uh, you can do anything on the, on the weekends. You can go for beach cleanups. Why, why join politics to do that? Right? Um. Actually, I've, I've done many of those things that you mentioned too. I still do beach cleanup. I still do like food distribution. Uh, the food distribution is still continuing, even though I've said that uh, it is highly unlikely they'll be taking part in any elections anymore. But right. I think talking um, about doing change is something that uh, I think if you want to do it, um, you can do it in, in different capacities. So there's no one particular way to do it. But I feel that um, at that point in time, you have to look back at the situation when I joined. Um, because I felt that the PAP was not quite listening to the ground. And if you look back, it was just slightly before 2011. There was a lot of ground anger. I felt it. I felt it with the people that I, I interact with. Um, and I, I felt that, uh, you know, being in business, when there's a monopoly and you want the, the, the person who is the monopoly power to change, well, fat hope, you know, they wouldn't change. But if you give them a competition and the competition comes in very strongly, then they are forced to really listen to the consumers and then forced to make that change. So, I mean, to me, it's like, well, if I didn't try it, then then would I ever try it? Probably not. So I just say, give it a go at it because I just felt that um, the PAP needed a strong challenger. And that, um, I think to, um, I mean, if you look back at history and, uh, I mean, you're a political analyst, are they? look at how difficult it is for people to really come up in the past. So you don't blame people for not coming up. But I think right. I'm, I'm encouraged that now more and more people do want to come up. Right. Right. So uh, you, you mentioned something, before I get to my uh, next question, you mentioned something that has always perplexed me. You know? If you ask any Singaporean right, whether if you have one grocery shop near your house or two grocery shops, it would be better for the quality of the goods and products. Every Singaporean would say two shops, right? But when it comes to politics, right, uh, many people don't have that. They don't apply the same reasoning that you just did to politics, right? Which is a bit, uh, a bit intriguing, perplexing. Uh, do you want to comment on that or should we... No, I, should no. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've met many people that um, are very grateful that they have come out and that they have a good team. And even I remember in 2015, uh, of course, you know that the sentiments um, was not really for us and and it was the name of uh, um, Mr. Lee Kuan Yew uh, and then the SG50 yeah. but I still met people that were very grateful that hey you know we had a very good team uh, very grateful that uh, you can come out so that we have a, a good cho- a, a choice to make and that kind of things. so yes uh, people do want choice but I guess um, 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 when you look at say the provision shops example that you talk about um, sometimes right. it's not just the, the, the quantity but sometimes it's also like can you really get what you want inside there? You know, um, if right. everybody is there, but uh, you can't really get what you want, then you'll still be looking elsewhere. So, so I guess uh, it is about um, being able to meet people's needs. And I think each party will evolve in its own way to, 
to meet people's needs. So, um, yeah, so I, I guess it's a... Right, right. Uh, okay, but okay. I, I know that are you know, um, through the, the, the last 60 years, they don't know anybody else other than the PAP running the place. Right. So, right. It's, it's kind of fear that what happened if there's another party that comes in and then they really, by some freak um, results, uh, end up being the, the ruling party. And I think that's also one of the things I had concern with and which is why I actually joined politics because I didn't want to just like um, vote the opposition for the sake of opposition, but I wanted to make right. sure that well, I do my little part to to make sure that there is some credible competition for the ruling party. Right, right. So uh, let's, let's explore that a little when uh, you talk about the fear. You, you talk about a different type of fear, the, uh, the fear of not having a credible government. Uh, you mentioned in your book that, that there are no explicit costs to joining the opposition. Is, am I right to interpret it? That Sorry, there are no what? There are no costs to joining the, uh, the opposition in terms of your career opportunities. Oh, actually, um, maybe it shouldn't be interpreted that way. I think I shared uh, my, my, my experience. And of course, I mentioned some inconveniences and the fears. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, like the inconvenience of being uh, just applying for a bank account to, for it to be rejected. Right. Right. surprised to me. Two banks rejected me. I was wondering why. And they probed right. and probed and probed the auditor. And then one of them sheepishly asked me, uh, are you a politically exposed person? I mean, it's like, uh, why should that matter, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, there are some inconveniences. Um, um, and also, I think a lot also depends on how you conduct yourself. So, while, you know, I experience certain inconveniences, and um, of course, even if, like, let's say I'm in business and people do not want to award the contract to you, people will not outright right. tell you, hey, because you're opposition. Right, 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 right. Exactly. exactly. But to be fair, I think most people, they know me, they know me by now, you know, I've been in business and all that for, for a while. So, um, I have not changed um, before, you know, and now. So, um, but there are, there are costs. There are some costs, uh, definitely. Right. And, um, um, for example, I mean, I just take an example. You all know that the budget sitting is coming up next, right, very soon. Budget sitting right. is uh, two whole weeks in a row. Right. So imagine you're an employee, and if your employer um, be understanding enough and say, Hey, how can you? How can I let you take fourteen days of leave? Oh, I want to go. And then after taking fourteen days of leave, the next month you still have parliament sitting in a month after that. So right. you know, so so there are certain things that people have to be aware of, especially on the opposition side. That there are certain challenges that you will face. Um, you just have to go in, um, be aware of what cost you are prepared to pay for it. What about the social cost? Because. Um, I've seen this with my own eyes. You know, there are people who do not want to be do what, do not want to be in the same picture as an opposition party member. Even though they can talk to that person, they can ask for an autograph, but they don't want to be pictured together. Uh, um, you mentioned you mentioned that you were disinvited for one year, right? For your uh, for your JC, thematic JC, the uh, I think the that was quite... yeah yeah. yeah. So I think that was quite unfortunate. I mean, I also didn't really try to probe too much into it. And I thought very long before I uh, decided to share that. But I wanted to share because I just felt that uh, in society, and there are a lot of people who just feel that uh, maybe they, 
don't want some messiness or, or right. uh, maybe they think that the, the minister may not be comfortable with it. And right. for that matter, I don't think that they even consulted the, the minister whether he was comfortable to give me the award, you know. Right. Um, but they just, somebody just decided that, hey, you know, what is this? And um, yeah, so, so, so I had uh, my, my award deferred just because uh, the guest of honor was in Sui Kiet. And, and right. I think that people need to understand that um, um, we should mature as a society, that opposition um, is, I mean, being a politician is being a politician. I, I was a member of parliament at that time and uh, right. I got in based on whatever was pro- provided for in the constitution. I think I discharged my duty honorably. So, so I don't think that uh, people need to start to worry so much and start to worry what the bosses would think and therefore, you know, um, right. yeah, this is something that they want to try to stop it. Right. So your, your suspicion is that it was just an overzealous uh, administrator no, no, no. who disinvited you rather than there being an explicit political directive, right? I, I think many things that it may not even be a, a directive, like um, whether there's a directive that um, um, the civil service uh, cannot award contracts to me. I, I don't think there's ever such a thing. Uh, right, right, right. But I think sometimes it's just like people start to think that, oh, you know, maybe right. they think a bit harder. Right. But, but I, I, I think it's something that we need to deal with. I think it's also important that then we discharge our duty um, as honorably and, and uh, in a way that we, we think is, is fit. Right. So now that you've made that story public, so we can expect DPM Heng to call Samate JC and say, don't do this again? Or? Um, I, I don't know. Really, I don't, uh, I don't have to really uh, draw too much on it. Um, because honestly, I did not think too much about it. And uh, even after that happened, I never asked anybody. And I just carry on serving for the next uh, another six right. years until you know, my... The time was up and uh, I couldn't serve any longer because I've served the full 10 years. So I didn't even right. make any issue about it. Right, yeah. right. But the, I guess the, the serious point to my earlier whimsical uh, question was that uh, to ensure that it's not self-censorship, whenever that happens, the people in charge can just explicitly tell schools or the civil service, hey, don't do that next time. I'm quite comfortable being in the same room with uh, a fellow parliamentarian, right? Otherwise, um, if, 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 it's not, if, that, if that directive doesn't happen, then it's not just a matter of self, self-censorship, right? Self-censorship, uh, which is encouraged by, uh, by silence. Yeah, so um, I can't really speak for other people, but maybe things so, like that um, do, I, I mean, I do hope to have conversations, just like uh, Shoma was disinvited for um, yeah. an event by one of the RC, you know? Yeah. Uh, was it a temple event or, or as, yeah. as some grassroots events, you know? Right. So I, I think, of course, that um, uh, when the story was made known, people felt very uncomfortable. I don't think any disinvite along that line happened after that. But it was also about that same time that I was uh, sort of uh, had my award held back. Um, right. so, so I think people need to understand that uh, we do not need to be overzealous in, in guarding things because I think we should um, understand that at some point, Singapore may involve into our a two or multi-party system. So, and I think it's best to let it go in a mature way. That's very bold of you to make that prediction. (laughs) Well, I mean, no no one party um, can be around forever and ever. I mean, I'm not sure whether you have five years, ten years. All right, all right. So, so let's uh, let's move on to that then. So, you actually mentioned and you 
uh, you turn the, the thing around, right? When you said that, it's not that the WP is PAP line. Uh, is the the PAP is WP line, or it's increasingly becoming WP line? Uh, can you elaborate on that? Well, I mean, I'm just um, um, that particular statement. Of course, people like to say that we are PAP line, and I say that. How about calling? Uh, I mean, some people have said that the PAP has become WP line too, because policy can uh, the party can shift positions over time. And in fact, if you look at the history of PAP when they started off, they're the most socialist uh, party you can even think of because. Um, look at land acquisition, right? They will take from the rich, you know, they will acquire land at a very uh, low, low price, you know, almost free, and then they start to build flats and then sell it away to people so that the people who uh, need the houses will benefit. Of course, you'll make a few people unhappy, um, but that is extremely uh, socialist policy. But over the years, um, they have went into a very market-driven kind of um, orientation. So, um, the WP itself has also evolved and leadership changes over time and all that. Um, but the, the Workers' Party has been taking a center-left position for a long time. And if you look at the after 2011, um, of course, the PAP were never credited to the, um, because uh, of the election results or whatever. They had planned all these policy changes all along. But I, I believe that definitely there's a lot of impact uh, how they could... Uh, uh, things that they have always been saying it's very difficult to do and stuff like that. Suddenly, they're prepared to uh, put in a lot more resources onto it. They have become, um, a lot of things could um, become public supported or become public goods. Like, for example, um, early childhood, you know, the preschools. Right. That has right. been a major shift uh, after 2011. Uh, the houses, one of your pet causes, right? Um, I mean, it's just one of it. Uh, there are many things. Of course, I cited that as an example in the book just to say how uh, sometimes the, the extent that we have to go to, to push for change, you know, I pushed for it outside parliament. I felt we were all being ignored. Then, so when I got into parliament, I said, well, I have, the, I have the platform now. I better do something about it. So, but it was never easy because even to go about it, you cannot just be raising questions and shooting arrows in the um without any direction. So, so um, the reason I recounted several of these stories is just to show that if you do want to make some policy impact, then um, we must also plan the kind of questions we want to ask. We must plan the way we will put forward certain information or sometimes force certain information out because you know that those information may uh, cause some discomfort and then will cause some public discussion. And then maybe when it's out in the public, it's uh, um, more chance of, of change being infected. Right, right. Okay, so uh, you also mentioned a story about Nicosia, right? And I just saw her entering the <laughs> the, the live uh, earlier. So, Hi, uh, and, <laughs> and you mentioned that uh, Mr. Lau was quite uh, apprehensive of having her uh, inside or campaigning uh, for you or with you. Uh, in 2015, because for him, it's always about the party, right? And no one individual must be bigger than the party, and he was worried about that. Uh, I get that. I get that. That seems to be a sensible move uh, on Mr. Lau, and you said uh, Pritam has continued that. Uh, but don't you think there's something limiting about that mindset? Then you are essentially really preventing those larger-than-life, charismatic, outstanding outstanding individuals from coming in. Uh, 
uh, coming into the party, right? Because you have an idea of who should be in the party, right? It must be this kind of person and it cannot be too outstanding, cannot be much better than the others or much more popular than others. Do you think there's something limiting about that approach? Okay, but you say she's see. washing dishes so she cannot comment much. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I think firstly, firstly, just to clarify the story, so sure, first, sure, uh, sure. in the book itself, I gave the background of uh, uh, Nicole joining, uh, wanting to join to help in the Marine Parade team. Well, I mean, the main reason is because she contested in Marine Parade the, the, the general elections before that. And uh, I mean, I, I know Nicole as well, so um, I was glad to have her help. Um, and to me, I was just very conscious about just trying to get any additional percentage point swing or whatever. Um, but I think um, because that um, um, she was not a party member at that time, she was um, actually previously from uh, another party. So I think um, uh, that will open up a lot of uncertainty when somebody um, with um, a big crowd puller comes in and then, uh, but that's not WP member and will she become a WP member? We, we wouldn't know at that point in time. So I think Mr. Lau's um, um, uh, being cautious was that, yeah, I mean, if people want to come, uh, it's not that we, this, I, I think I clarified very clearly in the, in the story that it is not that the WP uh, does not welcome stars. I mean, if we did not welcome stars, Nicole wouldn't be in the party now. Um, Jameis would not be in the party now. I mean, we, we know that he was already taking television interviews in Channel News. Yeah, but but Jameis sort of become, became a star after he, became a yeah. superstar after he joined the party. But Nicole was already popular yeah, so, before. So, so what I meant is um, we, um, we are not limiting to say that, oh, this person has a certain um, charisma because, I mean, uh, then we are afraid of this person. This person shouldn't join us. They should be, right. belong to one other um, person. Um, I think we are not afraid to take on people with excellent professional academic credentials. We are not afraid to take on people um, with charisma and so on. Um, but I think the important point in the whole story is that the WP is a team, right? So no one person can come in and say that, hey, I want to come in. I know the solution. I know the way to, to take down the PAP. I, I'm going to change the whole way. Do. Because right, the right. moment when you come in and do that, the problem is other people start to leave. And when other people start to leave, then, yeah, so what if you get one star and you get no other people? I mean, it's just like right. football, you know, um, for those who are in football. And I think you are a, what, a Man U fan, right? No, no, no. Oh my God. No, no. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm anything but Man U. <laughs> oh, sorry. Anything but me. I mean, just gonna, I think someone told me, or Alex Ferguson will say that nobody is bigger than a team. So, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah too big, um, and you're thinking that the whole team must revolve around you, then it's time for that person to go because it will destroy the whole team, right? And you still need 11 players to play on the field. Right, so no doubt you can have the uh, star players and all that. But I think um, WP is very much about teamwork, uh, working together as a team. So even if you are a star, uh, you still need to work within the context of the team. Okay, okay, thanks. So on that note, right? So who are the who do you think uh, are poised to take over the WP leadership? Uh, in I don't know when. When is the next round of leadership renewal when uh, Mr. Pritam Singh will step down? But who do you think maybe the top three candidates or 
No, because I, you mentioned no, I, you mentioned uh, an interesting story that Leon Pereira was Mr. Leon Pereira who has been on uh, before. Uh, uh, he he was actually high on the on the list as well. So two minorities uh, in the WP, which is fascinating considering the re- recent history of WP. So other than Leon, who else do you think would be? Um, no, right actually, up? I did. I'd like to clarify that story. Um, <laughs> so, uh, like I'm um, interpreting a lot of things. <laughs> no, because you see, uh, uh, I was sharing the story in the context of the leadership uh, transition, uh, this, right. the CDC uh, elections in 2018, uh, when Mr. Lau already announced that he's, def- he's definitely not going to be the running for right. the post of uh, Secretary General. And of course, we know that there must be a Secretary General, then we wanted to know who would it be. So I think of course amongst uh, us, uh, we just want to discuss and see who um, um, would want to have the post. And um, I, I think it's just a matter of, uh, I, I shared a story that oh, some of us would, would just list up like, who are the people that we, we taught. And of course, Leon was one of the names that we mentioned because we were quite impressed with the way he dared to take the PAP on in parliament debates and all that. Um, but of course, I think the most important was that uh, our first choice was still Pritam, that uh, we were not sure that he wanted it uh, or that he was able to take it up. So, um, and of course, uh, I'm glad that he, he decided to step up and, 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 and take on that because it is a big task. I mean, I shared in the, in the, in, in, in the book itself uh, my own feelings after having been in Parliament, having seen some of the debates and all that, and how, of course, um, the Parliament is like a gladiator arena and your opponent is always trying right. to uh, bring you down uh, not with swords, but with words. And right. um, anybody who wants to be the Secretary General must then be able to take on that um, that leadership to be able to take on the arrows and to be able to fire arrows back. So, of course, we are glad that Pritam eventually wanted that. So, so there was no like a, a specific, say, uh, a contest or... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't... I, sorry, I, I didn't... I wasn't implying that. I just... I was just saying that Leon was what a lot of people... For us who have parliament experience, then we know what it takes to take right. on the PA. Right, we right. know what it takes to be the Secretary General. That if anybody really aspires to be the SG of a, um, a leading political party, then you expect lots of arrows to be shot. And right, you have to be right. the one to take um, the bulk of the arrows. So, right. so anyway, I have all the real questions. Uh, I, yeah, I, thought you were, I thought you were dodging it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, um okay. I think rather than to mention names or, or, or stuff like that, I think more important is to look at the um for example we just had the CEC appointment on Wednesday yeah. two days ago. Which is what I'm asking, I, yeah. Yeah. Um of course I think uh, people have to grow into the role that's given to them. Um right, right. so so roles itself uh, is important to uh, define certain things but um, um, people have to earn their position within the party as well. So, of course, I mentioned the books, uh, some of the key kind of uh, positions to look out for. And, of course, uh, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that whoever holds a key position will be the future leader. But right, right. The right. party, when they select the, um, people in the positions, will definitely want to select somebody who can do the job because the moment that WP fails to do its job in certain aspects, then you can be sure that you know, there's a, a, a slope, a slippery slope right. down, right? right? So, so there are certain key posts like um, the OXEC 
post because you really need to get um, the ground campaigns and and things running. He um, right. mentioned that the media position position is increasingly important because we are all fighting for uh, attention through social media. Through uh, and the Workers Party is being more willing now to be uh, giving out press statements or engaging people online. So that's also a key position. Um, but I thought one of the I mean uh, treasurer is also a significant position. But I thought one of the, the in fact the, to me the most significant part of the, the announcement two days ago was the announcement that uh, of our policy research team. Um, right. And I shared in my book that uh, actually the team existed. There's such a team that existed in 2012, right? Since 2012, right. after 2011 election. Um, but it has been in the background because uh, there's always this expectation when they hear that you have a policy team, they expect big, big policies, but we have to be realistic to know that, look, we only have 10 parliamentarians. The PAP has 37 political office bearers, ministers right. and junior ministers, right? So, um, so I was sharing, even in my time in parliament, each of us have to like shadow a few um, ministries. I had to shadow three, three large ministries. So if the expectation is that I'll come up with policies, um, big, big policies in every one of this area, then of course it'll take up a lot, a lot of time. Right, right. right. Yeah, they have like maybe four or five people, uh, maybe on the other side, they have six, seven people to do it. So, so the policy itself uh, is a fairly important part of our work, but being, uh, coming out and sharing uh, and officially appointing somebody to, um, to that position. Of course, it's also making a statement that the policy research is something that uh, the Workers' Party believes in embarking on. Right. And Gerald is the head of the, the team, right? Yeah, yeah I think uh, deservingly so, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that seems like a signal. Uh. <laughs> but, but of course, I think back to your question, I'm, I'm not using this position to say that uh, this other sure, sure. sure, but uh, I, I, I think <laughs> I'm also asking because you know them, you know their temperament, you know their abilities, so... Maybe you can do something. Right, the party always wants to have people who can do the job, and uh, of course, uh, over time, new people will be appointed to various positions and that. So, as to you know, who will be future leaders? I think we just look at the positions in future. Uh, it's a bit too early, honestly, because we just had a leadership right, right. transition. Like what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Two years ago. Yeah, and I, I think the youth wing uh, Kate is also quite an important position. <laughs> I think uh, there's certainly a lot of things you can do in uh, the, the youth wing, especially right. because, um, uh, we want people to be increasingly more politically educated, more politically right. aware, um, that they can feel that they have the power to effect certain change in a positive way. Right. So uh, thanks, thanks for that. So uh, one of the things, since we are on the, the party, right, one of the things that uh, the WP has attracted criticism for. So there are two. Uh, I'll address one of them first, which is the WP also has a party whip, right? Mm. Just like the PAP. And therefore, one of the criticisms of the PAP is that its people are all ideologically similar. They even sound the same, right? So yes, they may come from diverse backgrounds, diverse humble backgrounds. But ultimately, they all seem to look the same and speak in the same way. 
Uh, and some people say that about the WP as well, especially because uh, Mr. Lau and, and Mr. Singh, both of them run a tight ship, right? Uh, so would you say that criticism is also fair of the WP? Like WP attracts people who are like-minded and there's no ideological diversity, which is a strength in the sense that the party is more unified, but it's a weakness because the party reproduces itself. Yeah, I think firstly, um, it is not a bad thing that um, the party attracts people that most mostly believes in, in this core belief. And I, I think it's the credit of um, the, the Workers' Party over the years, and uh, especially Mr. Lau, how, you know, uh, it um, basically uh, publishes the manifesto, make positions very clear. And then before I joined, for example, I read the, the BP manifesto and, and um, to see whether firstly I agree uh, largely with what it, it says, you know, and right. of course, uh, um, I didn't have any problem. I didn't have any major issues, and I then I felt comfortable to join because the the last thing you want is the people join the party and then they start fighting among themselves, and then one is left, one is right. Um, I I think that's the worst thing that can happen to uh, right. the opposition movement, um, and which is why I mean in my book I talk um, when you want like opposition unity, if you talk about it parties merging together, then I think that's very challenging because um, people join a particular party maybe because that party believes in certain thing and then after that you force a merger together and then it just can't work, you know. So people must right. first have that mindset. But it doesn't mean that we do not have a mind of our own. I think I shared in, in a book that, uh, for example, there were times that I was asked that hey, maybe I should tone down on this and I'll say, uh, I'll defend myself why I felt that this was strong and I think uh, I cited the story on the early childhood one where um, Mr. Lau felt that I was asking too much questions on that and I thought I had to explain to him what I was trying to get at and, and to his credit, after I sat down and explained to him for about one and a half hour and he said, very good points, I think I should bring it up, I should call it a German motion and, and, and propose all this. I mean, so, so yeah, so even though, uh, I mean, the important thing is whether the party listens to, to reasons, right? So while we do attract people of certain mindset, and you do need a certain uh, party whip to have discipline when we vote, especially because when we are voting against the PAP, right? Um, but I, I think the important thing in all this I wanted to say is that we, at least the Workers' Party, is able to vote against the PAP, right? So the PAP, because of its whip, it does not allow the, its own members to vote against it. So if we believe strongly in something, like let's say we believe very strongly in POFMA, against the, the POFMA, or we believe very strongly uh, about the, the population, white paper, the direction the country is heading, uh, we can vote against it, right? So, right. yeah, so it's better that as a whole party, we vote against uh, the PAP. So, uh, would that, do you think that calculation would change if you had more party members? Would, would you still have the same calculation? I get it now that you have only 10. Uh, and therefore, you have to project a unite, uh, unified uh, front against the PAP, right? But let's say if the numbers are 40, 50, right? Then the same criticism, people criticize PAP MPs for not voting with their conscience, right? So why should people let WP MPs get off easily <laughs> if it's the same as they go? I don't know when, when that day will come when we are 40. Uh, ah, right, right. Okay, maybe maybe it's perfect for me to talk about it now. But just now you said maybe it will happen in five to ten years. I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> it's really hard, uh, 
The only thing that a political party in Singapore can do, uh, opposition political party, is to get yourself ready. Um, as I said in the book, um, not so much of a forecast or anything like that, but any party that seriously wants to develop itself needs to, over time, be able to attract good people into the team. Because when you have good people in the team and these good people represent you in, in elections and then uh, some of them get in and all that, then that defines the party going forward, right? So, right. yeah, so I really don't know when, when that day will come, uh, five years, right. ten years, whatever. Right. Yeah, okay, because, fair enough. Um, yeah. You know that the PP is a very um, uh, seasoned fighting machine. So right, even, exactly. even wow, you know, um, there's a breakthrough made. Um, but yeah, they can easily swing back. Exactly. I, I think that, that point is so astute. I think it hasn't been talked about enough. People think that the political trajectory in Singapore is linear. It's not at all. The PAP has shown in the past that it can come back from uh, electoral, not disasters, but uh, setbacks. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's, no, there's no reason to assume that the opposition will grow from strength to strength. I think that needs to be earned, uh, and we must be cautious about uh, about our prediction. I think we need to. St I mean, um, any opposition party uh, needs to stay level-headed, uh, even right. after break. Yeah, right. because it's very easy to get carried away. Um, right, I cited exactly. in in the book that, uh, for example, some people felt that, hey, why are we not? I mean, some members felt, why why are we not contesting every seat? Right. I mean, it's like. That's a recipe for disaster, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, we are not ready to contest every seat. Then we should not contest every seat. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. Uh, and my, uh, it's my final question, uh, and we only have about four to five minutes. Uh, you already talked about it. Uh, if the opposition has any question, maybe I can take one. But uh, otherwise, the opposition alliance and one of the things that ordinary Singaporeans uh, always are. Uh, I'm sure you get this a lot. Uh, why is it that the opposition parties don't just merge and you'll just have one? Right? Maybe you can explain why that, just now you mentioned that it's a recipe for disaster, it's not going to work. Maybe you can elaborate uh, why that is the case. And do you foresee an alliance, especially between uh, the major parties? Let's not talk about the, the smaller parties at the moment, uh, but the major parties, WP, uh, SDP and PSP. Do you think it, it's even for on the horizon, it's even possible uh, anytime near, uh, in the near future. Yeah. Okay, I think uh, firstly, I need to clarify, uh, I should have clarified right at the beginning of the show that uh, I, I'm not speaking on behalf of the party. Uh, yeah, in, right, uh, right. In, yeah, right, right. I should have said that. Uh, so, JJ no. is here in his, uh, in his personal capacity, he's not representing the party. Yeah, so yeah. of course, my personal opinion is that um, um, yeah, it's possible to have parties uh, merging or working together or coalition and all that kind of things. But first, I think each party must figure its way to get into parliament, right? Because uh, in politics, you need to represent the people who work for you. So you must first figure out your stand, your position, um, your resources, whatever is needed to go and campaign and win elections. And I think if there is a necessity for um, WP to work with other parties uh, for the sake of um, uh, managing running Singapore and all that. I, I believe it will be practical to, to look at that. Um, even, even, the LDP? even the LDP? Even the LDP? Even the LDP? I mean, I, I don't see why 
any particular person, uh, um, party should be excluded. But it's really so hypothetical because I think the first important thing is that uh, uh, for any sort of collaboration, collision, or that kind of things to, to work, if you look at other countries, collisions are always between uh, parties that have made their way into parliament. They, right. they represent segments of society. Right. They represent certain constituents. Then I think it's easier to talk about how to work together, you know, so that um, the place can be run. Um, but it's really premature to talk about uh, merging uh, all the parties together because just because every party is contesting against the PAP uh, doesn't make them um, unified. So, right. and trying to force a unity, um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's really another, uh, another recipe for disaster because uh, at some point the unity will break down. And it's very right. easy to break down. Right, yeah. And I think uh, opposition unity is quite overrated because uh, if there is, uh, there is a need to, I think parties would, uh, would, uh, would uh, be in, a, in an alliance anyway. Uh, right now, I think uh, the WP doesn't benefit from an alliance, an official alliance, maybe an informal one where to avoid uh, three-corner fights maybe, but I think uh, the other parties are not an, on an equal footing uh, at the moment. So in the, in the spirit of constructive politics, right, uh, I want to end off uh, on a conciliatory note. Uh, who is your favorite PAP politician? And <laughs> you cannot say SM Taman or Louis Ng, okay? Everybody says. <laughs> Sorry, who, who, who have you excluded? <laughs> SM Taman and Louis Ng. You cannot say so. Anybody else? Uh, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, firstly, okay. Um, <laughs> you were going to say SM. You were going to say SM Taman, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I cited the uh, SM Taman in in my book. Uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Thank you, and uh, um, I, I mentioned in the book that uh, um, yeah, she sometimes you'll come over after my speech is, has been made and in the Parliament tea room and all that. And yeah, you say the great points you made uh, and all that. I, I think that's a uh, very gracious, um, um, because sometimes uh, you know when you're speaking in opposition, and then of course the other side will be defending and all that. Sometimes you wonder really right, your right, point. Right. So, so yeah, I think it's not fair for me for you to exclude him. <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason why I exclude him because he's everybody's favorite PAP politician. So it seems like I mean that's a given. Right? I expect everybody to say. Uh, SM Taman and Louis Ng is the other one that a lot of people like his activist leanings. But basically, I want to get to the is it uh, the, the the question? It may seem whimsical, but basically, I want to probe a little further into this this idea that just because you are ideological and political opponents doesn't mean you dislike each other, right? So uh, it should be quite easy to answer the question. Who is okay. no? Okay. Anyway. Um... I think in my book I mentioned, uh, I, I devoted one section on it to talk about yeah, how we sometimes uh, work with the PAP, or I still not say right. work, uh, our, our relationship with the PAP. Right, right, right. I mean, for me, I get along quite well with almost anybody, you know, quite easily. So if I see anybody in the tea room or, or on the corridors, you know, I will, I will chat with them if there's a need to. Um, and I mean, if they talk to me, I'll definitely talk, uh, talk with them. Um, so, 
So I, I, I don't really have any um, issue dealing with anybody. But of course, uh, I'm grateful, let's say, in, um, for example, in my book, you know that uh, uh, Indrajit and Salak uh, wrote some right. uh, adoption of it. Yeah, and yeah. So that, that was nice. That was nice at the start. They wrote some nice... Even uh, Kelvin Cheng wrote uh, something as well, right? Yeah, sure. So, so I, I think yeah. I specifically cited uh, and asked them and also... Um, I cited incidents in my book about how I, I talk to people with even um, opposing view from, from me, you know, because I feel that, uh, number one, I also do not want to be uh, boxed in because it's in this echo chamber. Like you say, you know, we're all speaking the same mind on it. So sometimes I do reach out and say, hey, you know, um, I want to hear their view. So why are you so against us? Right? Right. So, yeah. So with that, I can at least better position and understand. So even when I started uh, when I was writing this book, I thought that this book should not be just for the uh, WP supporters or opposition uh, readers Absolutely. only. This should be something that is meant for everybody to read, even right. if you're a PhD supporter. Right, right. exactly. So, um, so I spoke to uh, journalists, I spoke to political analysts, I even spoke to people who are against us, just to understand what is it that you don't like about us or what is it that you need to know more about us so that you don't have that misunderstanding about, about us. So, so when I wrote this book, I was very conscious of that, that this book should not be just something that talks uh, only about how good we are and all that, but it really is a very practical thing about how we go about doing our work and all that. So, yeah, so I don't know if I so, answer your question. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's no answer to that. Uh, so everybody really <laughs> Or uh, indulgent and Tesla because they wrote. <laughs> no, I mean Tesla because I work with him um, in uh, entrepreneurship. Um, so um, his very first speech right. in uh, I mean the very when I was in Parliament, the first speech that he gave was um, to talk about developing entrepreneurship. And I thought that uh, he at least understood the the gist of what needs to be done because he has a background in business. So I, when I I was turned to, for me to give my speech, I actually offered to work together, offered some other ideas about entrepreneurship. Then a few weeks later, I got invited by Spring Singapore to sit on the committee um, to award grants to startups. So I thought that was right. good. It gave the opportunity right. to share Singapore in a very practical way, even though right. I'm a political party. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, DJ. This has been uh, really, really fascinating and intriguing. And for those who have not gotten this book yet, please get this book. I, I assure you it's well worth a read. And hopefully, it will come out on this week's Street Times list of top 10 bestsellers. Right? Okay. Uh, it will um, be, uh, I'll check that list out on Sunday. And, yeah, sorry. Can, can I just do a, a short advertisement? And, and, uh, sure, sure, carry on. Yeah. Carry on yeah. so, uh, a number of people, uh, we don't have any official uh, books uh, signing kind of thing because of COVID and that we can't have too many people anyway. So next, um, on Monday, we have a so-called official launch of the of the book, but that is actually a webinar um, together with Inderjit and uh, Kirsten Han and uh, I'll be moderated by uh, Kenneth Porter. Of course, I'll be there as one of the speakers as well. Um, so, but those those who really want the book, uh, you can go to the bookshops. Uh, all the major bookstores that uh, you mentioned, including Epigram has it. But if you want an autograph version, the only place to get it is from my daughter's Shopee account, uh, which is over here. <laughs> okay, so that's okay. party. I cannot, I cannot see. Oh, you see, method. No, it's just a Shopee. Yeah, yeah, uh, Faith Yee. Faith Yee. Okay, right. Okay, right. 
Okay, uh, the reason is uh, because uh, some people, uh, after buying a book from all the different places, go through great lengths to try to find me to go and get it signed. Uh, I think the simpler way, you just order from this Shopee. Uh, I have a certain number of copies with me. I'll sign it and I'll send it to you, you know. So that's okay. also another channel. All right. Okay. Thank you so much, JJ. And all the best. With, I'm sure you will sell many, many more copies. This will be an important reference point for students of politics uh, for many years to come, I'm sure. And thank you for your time today. I wish you thank all you, the thank best. You and very much for who knows, you. maybe maybe you, you may still contest in the next election. Never say never. I don't know. <laughs> I just rather like, um, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll help wherever I can, you know, but I, I'm right. not planning at this time. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.